0: This is Lorraine Ball.
1: This is Jared Jewett.
0: And this week we're going to be doing some driving lessons.
1: Yeah, we want to talk to you really about what it means to take the keys for your content strategy.
0: And so you might be sitting there thinking, well, I'm going to hire somebody. I'm going to hire someone on my staff who's going to do this full time or I'm going to outsource it so I never have to think about it again.
1: But that's not how it works. Not even close. It takes a lot of, uh, of time and effort and, and a little bit of care.
0: And so even as a business owner, even if you have delegated the heavy lifting, today's conversation will give you some insight into the planning part of this important marketing activity and if you are still in the midst of trying to do it yourself, hopefully today's outline will help you do some planning too.
1: Absolutely. So it's really important to know that your strategy needs to really be comprised for, um, for the whole time frame of your content strategy. What you bring to the table before hiring someone or having someone uh, to do the work for you. The information you give when, uh, during the creation process and really what it means to, uh, to constantly be updating the content strategy and letting it live and breathe.
0: So on the front end As you're thinking about your content strategy, maybe you're like, okay, Lorraine, I have no idea what you're talking about. A lot of companies come to us and say, they want to be on social media. They know they need to get information out there. And whatever out there means for your business, whether it's being on Yelp, having it on your website, being on Facebook, being on LinkedIn, wherever your customers might find you, that's you're out there and so this strategy is about figuring out how you get information in front of those people.
1: Right and it really starts with knowing your demographic, knowing where they hang out, where they consume and share content.
0: So if you are business to business, if your customers or architects and engineers and plant managers your best chance of getting in front of people certainly is going to be on your website but also on places like LinkedIn where you can share critical information about new products, new services, new hires, new projects that you've just won, things that help establish your credibility.
1: And you also need to know that in those those industries that are a bit more maybe high-tech or a bit more involved, there may even be industry-specific Uh, content outlets that you can be a part of, and you really need to think about building that into your plan.
0: And so, on the other side of the coin, if you've got a consumer retail type of business, a restaurant, a shop, a uh, a veterinary clinic, places where people come in and out, yes, a lot of your marketing is going to be three-dimensional. It's going to be signs. It's going to be mailers. It's going to be table tents but it's also going to include some online elements and in those cases it might be Yelp it might be Foursquare or Facebook where you need to be spending some time and getting information
1: and for the businesses that fall into this category you know I'll tell you up front it is more work you have a lot more places uh, where noise can happen about your business and where you need to be there monitoring creating and sharing content
0: and so you figure out who you want to talk to, the next step is really start mapping out a plan for what kind of content, what types of things make sense.
1: Right, and this can be as simple as planning out a very high level content calendar just brainstorming some ideas that happen, Uh, maybe what's new and hot in your industry, maybe a new product or service that you're rolling out. Uh, Especially if you know this in advance, then you can plan to be talking about that product uh, that far out.
0: And so, you know, when we look at a year, every business is seasonal. Uh, Consumer businesses definitely have more seasonal activity, but even business-to-business companies... In marketing, our season is January 15th through March 1st. That's when business owners, they have new budgets and new plans and new years. And so as we look at our calendar, we front load the first part of the year. There's more new information, more blog posts, more seminars.
1: And so when we're getting ready to kind of uh, to look ahead, then as long as we've done the work on the front end to kind of backload all the content, it makes our job a lot easier. And we never get, uh, I guess the word would be complacent, right, with the content that we need to, that we need to be putting out there.
0: But you can also take a look at your calendar and you take a look at, okay, it's January now. What's going to be important in March? What's going to be important in June? What do what do I think my customers are going to want to know about next November and so you start kind of brainstorming gathering those topics maybe um, coming up with like you said a list of of blog posts but don't just stop there think about other content what kind of pictures are you gonna need and don't wait till you need them if you see a great photo if something funny happens in the office Whip out that iPhone and take that picture.
1: Oh in a heartbeat. Especially if you have an awesome culture, especially if you have, you know, employees who are really, really uh willing to give a really cool insight into into what they do and the kind of fun people that they are. That goes a really, really, really long way, especially if you need to maybe fill content gaps every now and then. Uh, There's nothing better uh, than those kind of humanizing elements like pictures or or funny stories about what's going on around the office.
0: And I recognize that not every company is a -a laugh-a-minute marketing company. Maybe you have a... um, maybe you're an engineering firm, or an architecture firm, or maybe you're a legal firm, and so you need your customers to take you more seriously, that's okay. You can still be humanly serious. Um, for example, I've seen on professional websites where the employee profiles include a cha- charities on which The lawyer is a board member. Organizations that that individual supports. Giving a little bit of insight into what's important to that person because even in business to business transactions, who you are is a big part of why I choose to do business with you.
1: And if you can keep that up on a continued basis as you kind of now are, have the keys and are driving the content strategy, and you're really weaving that human element into everything you're doing, whether it's funny and lighthearted or very professional, I mean, you're going to be that much further ahead of, of your competitors.
0: You know, one of the things that a good content strategy does, besides bringing customers to your organization, is it helps you with your recruiting. If P- and particularly as you are recruiting younger professionals who have lots of choices as they're comparing multiple firms, the companies that give a little insight into what it's like to work for them see higher success rate in terms of attracting higher caliber, good candidates.
1: Right, when you're constantly uh, showing that you are a place that, that cares about, does, that cares about its employees, that is uh, professional in all the things uh, that you do, uh, you are going to be bringing in, you know, what we consider correct hires.
0: And so, again, step back, take a look at your year. Um, Are you going to be doing a lot of hiring? Maybe you want to build in some time to profile some of your existing employees. Are you rolling out new products? Will those products require education? Will those products require testimonials? Do you need to get some clients to try it early on so you can do some case studies among people who have used that? Are you simply trying to maybe collect content? And this is something I think a lot of companies don't think about is it's not just you pushing messages out there, but it's also collecting information from other people who have interactions with your brand.
1: Right, so if you're one of those people who think, oh, there's no way I can come up with enough content uh, to fill the year, or even to look ahead six months, you know, that's okay. You probably have an audience that, if you ask them, will tell you what they're looking for and will give you examples of what they're looking for that you can share with the rest of your audience.
0: So, for example, you can do a survey. We're doing one right now with a company that a large percentage of their their, uh, target audience are real estate agents. Well we're doing a survey and then we're going to ask real estate agents three or four questions and then next month we're going to publish the results of the survey. Here's what we surveyed a hundred realtors and here's what they thought. So really the audience created the the content. We work with companies that um, have products that their consumers use in different and interesting ways. For example, a lot of food companies, instead of shoving information at the audience, asking customers to send them a recipe, creating a contest that collects that information.
1: And all it takes from you up front is setting that up, is getting that out there to your communities, to your audience, and and letting all that information trickle in, and then feeding it back.
0: And I think one of the things that we see, particularly with small businesses, is people have the idea too late. You know, it's two days before 4th of July, and they have an idea for a flag-making contest. Or school just started, and now they start working on their back-to-school promotion. And it's just too late. And so stepping back early in the year and looking ahead and going, okay, what might be cool back to school? And really kind of getting into that mindset. Now you've got the idea and it's May and you're working on your back to school promotion, not September 1st.
1: Okay, so now for the people who have done a lot of the pre-planning and a lot of the creation of their plan, you know, I really want to get into the fact that these people, once that's done, you, you can't set it and forget it.
0: It's, um, you know, there are some things that you can do on autopilot. Um, you can set up a lot of your blogs so they post automatically. Um, we do something, We we have a number of blogs that we read regularly and so I have someone who doesn't really need to have a very high skill level who can just go through and pull some some interesting things to share. That creates that kind of ground cover so that you sort of can do way ahead of time and not worry about it. But if that's all you do it is immediately obvious that there's no human being behind your brand.
1: Right? It, it's never going to be enough when people know that you're just a ticker tape. Right? Um, it's, it means so much more and it says so much more about um, even how responsible you are as a company if, um, if all of a sudden you're starting to report on a, on a new uh, breaking event in your industry, right? And you become one of the first people to actually talk about and talk about how something like that is exciting because you were paying attention and, and you took the time uh, to talk about it.
0: Well, and. The other part of not setting and forgetting is interacting with other people. And a different piece of that is not just interacting with other people, but looking over the shoulder. You don't necessarily have to micromanage, but looking over the shoulder of the people that are managing this day-to-day for you. Um, I read 90% of the status updates that are posted on behalf of Roundpeg, After they have posted. And I do that with complete confidence and comfort because I have talked to the team on the front end about what is and isn't appropriate for our brand. And so, because we have talked, we've talked about that in the planning stages. I can now check in every now and then and go, oh, that's what we're talking about today. Oh, good, that looks interesting. And I can, I don't want to say forget it, but I can relax. And so I think there's that that balance between you have to still be involved, you've got to be looking at it, you've got to be ready to jump in, but on the other hand, trusting the people that you have trained and planned with to do it right.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a super important point. Whether you bring it in-house or you're hiring that service out to someone else, you need to still be part of the process uh, day in and day out.
0: You need to be part of the process. And I, I'm yeah, going to yeah. say maybe not day in and day out. If you've, hi- if you've hired a company and they're doing one Facebook update for you a day um, or they're doing just you know one or two updates on Pinterest, If you log in every single day, what do you need them for? But you shouldn't be surprised when you log in and see what they've done and you should be checking, you know, once a week, hop in, look at what's going on. Um, We had a client and because of regulatory issues they were literally reading every tweet that we wanted to publish. And we did it for a little while and we finally said, look guys, this really doesn't work. We are too far from the source. By the time we get approval, not only has the moment passed, the week has passed. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think you have to build in, if you are um, concerned because of regulatory issues, you need to be built in to be more responsive as things happen.
1: Right. And and that all brings it back around to once you have the keys, you need to continue to drive the car. You, you can't let it sit idle.
0: You know... Um, And this is really true of any kind of marketing. You know, if you were producing a television commercial,